Often when I preach, I like to invite people to call upon the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit makes Jesus real to us. And so often we see in our world that's like he doesn't. So if you could please pray the words, come Holy Spirit with me three times as we enter into this homily and enter more deeply into this Mass. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I thank and praise you for every single person gathered here today. And I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit upon them. Come, Holy Spirit. And please shine your light, Lord Jesus, into all that is dark in our lives, so that we may repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And to make all these prayers, in Jesus' name, amen. Three words I'd like us to focus on today. The first word is projection. The second word is Repentance, And the third word is invitation. There's a psychological principle that a lot of us fall into where we project our life's experience, positive or negative, onto other people. So, for example, if you had a, a bad teacher, and we've all had those teachers, right? And some of us, what we begin to do out of that experience, we begin to think that means all teachers are bad. Or maybe you had a coach who is really good, and then you experience one that was not so good, and it really taints you. And then we think, well, then all, all coaches have to be bad. Culture does that with priests. It does it with police officers. But also at a deeper level, often what we do is we do that with our own parents, specifically our father. So if your dad was a good man, your image of God as father is much more healthy but if you've had a father who is absent and maybe doesn't even deserve the name dad or you didn't even have a good father figure around you, what we do, and sometimes even subconsciously, is we project that onto God as father. And is that fair? Jesus came to reveal the love of the father so we would know who we are and whose we are. Which brings me into my second word, which is Repentance. Like all of us have done things that we're not proud of. All of us have done things or things have been done to us that the Lord wants to heal and redeem. But if our image of the Father is off or our image of who Jesus is is off, then we don't give him a fair shot, which means we're called to repent. For all the times that you and I have lived in the darkness, lived in the shame, lived in the guilt, and we haven't brought it to the light. Now, the thing is, the light is not like the, a sun, S-U-N. The light is the sun, the sun, and God is the Father above all fathers. So you have to remember that God, who created a universe that is 90 plus billion light years across, created over 400 billion stars, out of everything he created, he wanted a relationship with you and I. But for some reason, the evil one convinced our first parents that God is not good. He doesn't actually want to be with you. He's actually withholding something from you, or he's distant. He's not interested in what's going on in your life. And he tricked our first parents into rebelling against a father who is good, which also means there's a father who is bad who is Satan, and he hates us, and he wants us to live in the dark. And often when you and I live in the dark, we listen to lies, and that's his title, the evil one. 
His title is The Father of Lies. And he traps us in the dark so easily because there's so many avenues these days for him to enter into our lives. Sometimes we're on social media. Sometimes we're looking at things that are impure on our phone or we have that cabinet that nobody knows about where the liquor is and we lock it. And we live in the, the, the lies. We live in the dark. And they tell us lies that we're not good enough or we're not worthy of God's love or no one will catch you. Or often for a lot of us, it's I'm too far gone. If I really brought everything to the light, someone would judge me or someone would hate me or someone would make fun of me. And if that's you today, that you're not alone in that. Like this faith journey is a battle. And that's proved to us by the Father sending his only son to go to war with sin and death to win you back, to win his family back because you matter to him. But if our image of the Father because of our own dad is that he's distant or he's disinterested or he's extremely wrathful, then we don't know who Jesus is. Like, we have to remember that this God who created what I just said, a universe that is 90 plus billion light years across, is extremely powerful. Nothing is impossible for him. But when we are caved in in ourselves and we're in these dark places, we can't see. And the Lord, what he does in our gospel reading today, is he comes in as the light. And he's walking along the shore, which is a symbol of the sand, is a symbol of it's time to make a decision. He's standing on the shore, and it's a symbol for us of indecisiveness because sand isn't that solid. And he walks right into the lives of the apostles as he wants to walk into your life this day, no matter where you're at, no matter what your past is, and he walks into the lives of the apostles. And they're in the middle of their workday, which Jesus often does. He walks into our lives at some of these unexpected moments, and he is the light. And the first thing he says is, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means it's very close to you. It's actually within your reach. But that also means there's another kingdom, a kingdom of darkness, a kingdom of worldliness, a kingdom of the flesh. So to, re- to enter into his kingdom, that means we need to repent. And you have to imagine what would have drawn him to say that, but also what drew the apostles to do the same. They're doing their normal thing out on the sea. The sea, again, is a symbol of the world. It's unstable. It's the winds blow. They mess with our emotions. And it's unstable. And they're, they're mending their nets. And that process of mending their nets took around three hours. So the fishermen were out all night. They're tired. They're exhausted. And maybe that's how you feel. I'm just tired. I'm just exhausted. And the Lord wants to enter into that. And most likely because of the noise, as we live in such a noisy world, even then it was probably noisy, he, Jesus, most likely had to yell, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. And you have to imagine the way he looked at them so they could first of all receive the gaze of the Father through the person of Jesus. But the one thing it says, it says, they immediately 
dropped their nets. They left their nets. And that's something that you and I have to do as a part of repenting is we have to leave where we are. We have to move somewhere differently, but it's a decision to move closer to the light and further away from the darkness. And we know, this, we know Peter. We know he had foot and mouth disease. He always said things that were dumb. That's like my story, right? Like, prudence, not my, my forte, right? Maybe you're there. You're just like, gosh, I've, I've, I've said a lot of dumb things, Jesus. And he's like, I don't care. Drop your nets. But he's with his brother, right? And they're in the boat, and they have to leave their boat, their place of comfort or even false comfort, and to live in the light. And as they begin to walk down the shore with Jesus now, they're walking in the light. And because they're walking in the light, it actually brings others to do the same. So now we have James and John, and they're actually with their dad. Now, we don't know if he, uh, he was a healthy father figure or an unhealthy father figure, but they immediately left their nets, they left their boat, and they even had to leave their dad to follow Jesus. But there was something about Jesus, the way he looked at them, the way he spoke to them, that was unlike anyone else. And what he's doing in that is, is he's revealing the love of the Father. He's revealing the truth, and he's calling them to live in the light and not to live in the darkness, just as Jesus is calling each of us today to bring everything to the light. And that takes a lot of courage, because maybe we're aware, of like, well, I've been projecting this negative image onto a lot of people. And... Most likely for some of us here today, it's also, I've been projecting a very negative image onto myself too. Like you and I are made in the image and likeness of God. That means you are good. You are beautiful. You are worthy. That means there is hope for you. And the more that you and I spend time in the light and we bring things to the light, which, by the way, takes a lot of courage. I'm not poo-pooing anyone who thinks like this is sounding easy. It takes a lot of courage to bring the darkness to the confessional and let the light of Christ wash over you, the water and blood from Christ to wash over you, and to hear those beautiful words, I absolve you from your sins. To repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And often where most of us go wrong is it's what do you grab for first that is not going to bring you to the light. For a lot of us, it's our phone or our tablet or our remote control for our TV. Most of of the algorithms through social media and on the media or on TV or whatever it is are anti-Catholic, anti-life, and anti-God. And it's messing with our minds. And it makes us think that the world is going to hell in a handbasket or there is no hope for us. God doesn't love me. God is not good. I'm not good. So I have to become my own God and change everything. The truth is, is if we live in the light of who Jesus is as he reveals the Father's love to us, is that makes us through the cross and through our baptism beloved sons and daughters of the Father. And the hard thing is you and I can't earn that. It's his free gift to us. But when you live in the light, things also feel lighter. So what are you going to that's not bringing you to the light? Or it's not allowing you to live in the truth? There's some area in our lives where the evil one is tempting us to continue to live in the darkness, to say you're too far gone, you're too screwed up, 
if you brought that to confession, if you actually told other people what you're going through, they would judge you. But what does Jesus say? Come, follow me. And what he's calling us to do is to leave our boats of comfort or even boats of doubt or shame or you name it, to walk across that plane of indecision onto solid ground, onto a rock. Where you can have confidence in who you are. You can have confidence in whose you are. And this message is for everyone, especially for those of you who are, are doubting me right now. Jesus called Peter and Andrew big sinners. Peter called James and John, they called them the sons of thunder because they wanted the wrath of God to fall upon everyone. Big sinners. The thing is, Jesus loves sinners, which brings me to my third word. So first we had projection, second we had repentance, but also invitation. All of us are being invited to follow Jesus more deeply right now. You have free will. You can do whatever you want. But we have two conferences I want to invite the men to and the women to in our diocese coming up. For the men, we have the Estovir, which means Be a Man Conference. And it's on March 4th at the Shrine of Our Lady Good Help in Green Bay. And why this is so important is because often when you and I just go to Mass and maybe pray meal prayer, maybe say a prayer when I'm having a hard time, we get stale, we creep into the darkness, we don't have God's light in us. It's so important because that's where I also feel, I felt called to be a priest, where Jesus was on that shore calling me to come follow him. I went to a conference about 15 years ago, a men's conference, and I heard the gospel proclaimed to me, the good news, the powerful message of Jesus Christ proclaimed to me in a way that challenged me and called me higher to be a man of God. Because when I'm not being a man of God, other people suffer from that. And he called the priest that they called us higher. And he said, go to confession. Bring the darkness to the light. Experience the freedom of God. And he encouraged us to drop our nets, to surrender everything to God that day. And the thing is, deep down, I wasn't happy as a sophomore in college. I thought if I went, went and did everything, got away from mom and dad, and then lived that lifestyle, I'd be happy. But that was a lie from the evil one. And it was that day where we had mass like we always do, but there's 3,000 men there, and the priest is at the altar as we are at every single mass, and I was a Catholic who didn't believe in the true presence of the Eucharist, Jesus. I thought it was just a symbol, and that's probably some of us here today. We don't know what's actually happening because I was living in the darkness, but I went to confession, brought the darkness to the light, heard conversion stories that day, heard the powerful gospel message, and the priest that day, as he does every single Mass, he called down the Holy Spirit upon the bread and the wine. And when that began to happen, I began to doubt. This is fake. I'm concocting this. I'm trying to make myself feel something, right? But I couldn't deny it. And as he held bread in his hand, as we do at every single Mass, I heard the words like I never heard them before. He spoke the words of institution. He said, this is my body has been given up for you. And I broke all the hardness in my heart. I couldn't believe God would be willing to do that for me, to make himself so small. And I just felt loved. The most pure form of love I've ever felt in my life. And in my heart that day, I heard the words, this is the purpose of life. 
And you are called to be a priest. I dropped my nets a little bit, but I was so scared because I lived a lifestyle that was dark. And I went and did things that were even worse because I didn't want to be a priest. I didn't want to totally follow Jesus. But then as I was doing that, I just heard the Lord saying to me over and over and over as he's so patient with me, as he's so patient with you, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? I think a lot of us are. And it took a lot of courage to bring that to the light, that I, I wanted to be a priest. I was thinking of being a priest. But the thing is, I didn't know much, and the devil played tricks on me like you can't believe. I didn't know how to pray a Hail Mary, a Glory Be. I was a Catholic that was confirmed for some reason, maybe because I had a pulse or something, right? But it was at that conference that my life changed. The Lord met me in my mess. And now I'm here to bring you a message and invite the men here specifically. So if you're a woman and you're married, you should be elbowing your husband saying, get your butt to that conference. Trust me, it'll be good. I might be the MC that day. I don't know. For the women here, you're not alone. So there's also in Chilton on March 11th, we have a conference called In Mary's Footsteps. And there'll be a really young sister, Sister Alicia Torres. She'll be speaking, the founder of Focus, which helps us on campus with, with Bible studies, the Focus missionaries do. The founder will be there, Curtis Martin, and his wife, Michael Ann. And it's at these conferences, at these different events, when we, we leave our boats and we go to a place where we actually have to make a decision, we begin to change. The thing is, we don't have to wait till the conference to encounter Jesus. He's going to be here in just a moment. He will be on this altar. We just said in our responsorial psalm, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Did we actually mean that? Then that means we have to let go of whatever we're holding on to and give it to him and bring all that darkness to the light. So whatever has been stirring in your mind and in your heart as I've been preaching, we're called to do is put it on the altar and say, Lord, you take care of it. And through an unworthy vessel such as me, he takes his Holy Spirit and he changes bread into his body. He changes wine into his blood, which means he can change whatever is in the darkness into light in your life. But that means we got to repent. This is the God of the universe who loves you so much that if you were the only person on earth, he would have died just for you. You're not unimportant to him. And I take this very seriously because I literally gave up marriage and children to do this. Was it easy? No. But is it worth it? Absolutely. That means he's, as he's calling you, he's calling you to solid ground. And whatever is not solid ground, he says, let me meet you there and call you out there. And then when you begin to follow Jesus, then you're called to invite others to do the same. But it's much easier when you have people with you. Notice how Peter is with his brother Andrew. James is with his brother John. It's much easier to do it when you see other people following. And the thing is, for a lot of us, we've been on a track of individualism. We do things on our own. And if that's you, what are you doing that's projecting a negative image onto God or onto society? When we're around other people, they help us see things as they truly are. There are no lone rangers in Christianity. 
That's what we're called the body of Christ. And the father sent his son to win his family back. And if God is your father, as he indeed is, and we will pray, our father that makes you by his efforts, his beloved son or beloved daughter. Let's take a moment of silence to actually place whatever is dark in our lives, dark in our hearts, on this altar in an act of faith and say, Lord, you take care of it. For some of us, we know where he's calling us, but it takes a lot of courage to do so. But don't do it alone. So we pause, we repent, we pray, and we start over. We are a church of new beginnings. I pray and hope that you take this seriously because he takes you very seriously because he loves you. And we have to know that we're loved. We don't know we're loved. And why are we here?